so children with good mental health they feel loved, they feel safe, and they feel secure in their own environments. And we know that many children growing up in South Africa, security is a high-risk concern. So children with good mental health also feel happy and positive about themselves most of the time. We all know there are bad days, there are sad days, but generally there's a joyfulness that they have. Anthea Nagur joins us today on Focus on the Family. Thank you for being with us. I'm Alison Schnell, and your host is Focus Africa CEO, Graham Schnell. Alison, that description of good mental health is what we want for our kids. It's what all parents want. But sometimes, maybe for some parents, that feels like an unachievable goal. Well, our heart with the program today is to shine a light on mental health, but also equip parents with some strategies on how to be intentional in building into this area. We know that life can be hard. Jesus himself said, here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I've overcome the world. God is with us in our pain, in our sorrows, and in our everyday moments. And we find this life, which Jesus also said he came to give us, in abundance through a trusting relationship with God. And as parents, part of our responsibility is to prepare our kids for those painful times of life. We want to do all we can to raise resilient kids, kids who can bounce back from the tough times and enjoy the abundant, thriving life in Christ. And here to help us on this journey is Anthea Nagur. Anthea is the director of our counseling ministry here at Focus on the Family Africa. She heads up a staff of counselors, as well as a number of volunteers locally and across the country who believe in what we're doing and offer their time and expertise to Focus to help families. Anthea is a registered counselor with an honors degree in counseling, and she's just busy completing her master's program. Welcome to the program, Anthea. Hi, Graham. Thanks for having me. Well, I do have to just say, and I know I say this often, I think, to the whole team, what you and your team and the counseling ministry do here at Focus on the Family really is, I believe, the heart of the ministry. Obviously, we put a lot of great content out there to help families like these radio programs, and hopefully that's really proactive. But when families face trials, as we all do, focuses here to meet needs with a personal touch. And that's what you guys do so excellently. And I'm really proud of you and your team. Um, We're talking about helping our kids with their mental health because we know how important that is. And it seems to be getting more and more important. It's it's in the news. Um, It seems to be an ever-increasing challenge that's facing our children and young teens um, at this time and this point of our life. Um, So Anthea, when does helping children with their mental health begin? So Graham, mental health promotion really starts from the time a child is born. 50% of all mental disorders begin before the age of 14 years. So really the time for intervention for mental health is between 10 and 14. But poor mental health can actually start from the time a child is born. Mm. And there are three things that a child really needs, we know, to in order to have a a life that is flourishing or for them to thrive. Mm. And that is love, security, and sustenance. So we know that how a child looks at the world and how they perceive others is really as a result of how they were treated as a child and Mm. how they were developed as Mm. a young child. Sure. I, I mean, we see that, I think, so often in cases where children have been 
rescued from maybe abandoned um, positions uh, and even educationally uh, it's hard for them to to catch up they haven't received that that love that security that sustenance even as a as a baby they may not remember any of that time of their life because they were so young and yet it's so foundational um, I know that there's research around the first thousand days um, speak to that uh, how important it is and, and what's needed in those first thousand days Yes, so the Western Cape uh, Department of Health actually has a a whole emphasis on the first thousand days of a child's life and how important that is. And they're really trying to emphasize this Mm -hmm. in South Africa. So the first five years are really important. um, Mm -hmm. But sadly, only 25% of parents recognize the importance of the first five years. So often don't create the environments that are needed for children to develop um, well. So this is because the, the brain is the most receptive in the first five years. Mm. And a child is not just developing physically, but they're developing, we know, socially, emotionally, cognitively, they're learning and they're taking it all in. So early experiences have a huge impact on the development of the neurological connections. And you talk about the environment um, and I've heard you speak about those different kinds of environments that are important to a child because we we know as you've broken it down to the very basic they need love security and sustenance but but what does those and those environments look like in terms of their friends their neighborhoods their schools their and obviously their, their immediate family so the child and the immediate household it is we have the micro system which the child is then um influenced by mm-hmm. and we're seeing what we are seeing is a heightened Um, influence of social media uh, since lockdown into that microsystem that the child is in. And then we have the mesosystem, which is their friends, culture, neighborhoods, which also impact on them. Mm. And then we have the exosystem, which is school, church, faith groups, and health services. And then the macrosystem, which is the larger government and social norms and policies that indirectly influence the child. And is it kind of a, is the highest level of influence, the microsystem, the family, and then moving out? Absolutely. Especially when the child child is in the first thousand days after the child's life and first five years and when the child's younger, we know that the influence of parents, um, their siblings, the microsystem is very uh, the most powerful influence in that child's life. Yeah. yeah. And then we know we live in a, a, a context that's challenging here in South Africa and in Africa, but just give us a bit of a an overview of what's happening around mental health, particularly um, amongst children in South Africa. So right now, Graham, there is currently a demand for better mental health services in South Africa. Yeah. Sadly, children in South Africa face high levels of adversity that they they increase their risk of developing mental health problems. Yeah. So we have one in 10 children in South Africa that have a diagnosable and treatable mental disorder. Sure. And this can be things like ADHD, autism, 
neurodevelopmental disorders, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, conduct, learning, and substance use disorders is high. Now, we have really a lack of access to mental health services in South Africa. Mm. And this is because, the well, it's really because of the, the government's lack of ability to deliver re- resources, but also people are poor as well because we have 63% of children that are growing below the poverty line. Sure. So access to mental health services is very low, sadly. Mm-hmm. So only one out of every 10 children are able to get mental health service and be treated for their mental health disorder, mm-hmm. leaving nine out of every 10 children with a diagnosable mental disorder unable to access treatment. And we know where a child does not get the help they need, it only then worsens the problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's obviously a massive challenge um, that our our country as a whole needs to be addressing. Uh, but what can we do as as parents? What role do parents and caregivers play in this process? Um, so we may not be able to solve the capacity issue of mental health service providers, but as parents, what can we do? So parents, caregivers, because in South Africa we know it's not just the parents, yeah. the biological parents that are looking after their children. It's often the maternal grandmother. It's often a, a relative, an aunt or a friend because children are seen to live away from home, uh, maybe nearby a better school. Yeah. So parents and caregivers, whoever's looking after the child, can really shape the, the child's um, mental health powerfully. Mm. And as much as we have the, the macro system and the exosystem, Parents, when the child is younger, the caregivers can really look to influence that child's mental health. Mm -hmm. How can they do that? By not neglecting the child's physical, psychological and emotional needs, but really helping them and being aware intentionally of how they can engage with the child. So, for example, we know that relational connectedness is very important. We know that forming a bond with a a baby is very important. And we know that children who have a healthy attachment to their caregivers tend to grow up uh, doing just much better in life than other children. So those that have and develop a healthy outlook in life, mm-hmm. that really was developed from their the way that they were shaped as a child and the way they were influenced. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the most important thing is is building that relationship with a child right from when they're a baby. That, that looks different, obviously, through the different phases of their life, their development, but as a baby it's just even that nurturing of that child but certainly as they grow um, making sure we spend the time and the intentionality around um, that aspect of building relationship how important is it you know we talk about parents and caregivers we understand not every family is a mother and a father raising the child Um, how much of a benefit is there to have both mother and father when it comes to the mental health of the child it is so important, and I think that's great. That's a great question because we know that in South Africa we have high rates of fatherlessness, yeah. and so the research shows that uh, mothers who get support, more support from the father, mm-hmm. they th- then are not overloaded with the with 
taking care of the baby, you know, doing household duties. So mm-hmm. we're um, in situations where the father is able to support the mother through doing other things, even if it's not being um, taking care of the baby, mm-hmm. um, then the mother is relieved of some of those duties and is able actually to be a better mother to her child and then able to to be um, well and and then be um, actually have a better attachment to sure. their child. Yeah. So that's a good... Um call out to all the dads who who might feel sidelined, particularly in those early days when the so much of the, the nurturing and the caregiving is sort of oriented around the mother, um, that the husband and father plays a significant role, not just in raising the child, as we would talk, talk about normally, but in this aspect even of mental health and developing strong, resilient kids from, from the beginning. Um, you you share a story. This isn't about a baby, but uh, of a of a client that came in to focus on the family, um, where the parents themselves were struggling a little bit with their mental health. How how does that have a role on on the child? And then maybe just share how that story played out. Yes. So we know that children who have parents who uh, may be depressed or have a mental health disorder, then those children are at risk for also poor mental health um, because we know of the genetic predisposition that comes with a mental health disorder. So it it would be genetic, but I imagine it would be genetic, but also environments. Um, Absolutely. Um, And with this family, it would be definitely a combination of both because it does not mean automatically if your parent has a mental health disorder that you are going to to have it, especially if the parent gets help and gets treated and actually can be uh, fully functioning. So in this situation with this family, a couple of years ago, um, I'll always remember it, it was a family, parents that came in, a Christian family, and they were really struggling with their mental health and both were diagnosed with depression the husband um, and wife. Both husband and wife, yes. And they were also unemployed, so mm. also really struggling to provide mm. for their child. And their child was really acting out, and she came to us when she was 11 years old, and she was acting out with behavioral uh, problems. Mm. And her, her, her marks were not so great in school because we know that where a child does not get the sustenance and the, the love and the supportive environment that they need, the academic results also get impacted, Mm -hmm. sadly. So as one of our counselors worked with this child to help her cope and just to provide some support, and I think I really want to commend the parents for actually recognizing their need and coming to us and reaching out for help Mm -hmm. for their child. Um, because often, and I always say that if, if your child cannot talk to you, they must be talking to someone about what they're going through so that someone can help guide them and help them process what they're experiencing. And in this case, it was really an environment that this child was facing where their parents, her parents were depressed, her mother would be sleeping in the bed the whole day, not able to actually engage with her child. Sure. And what happened? What was the outcome? So through counseling and supporting this child and helping her really to process the uncertainties that she was facing and the risk as well for her poor mental health and how this was impacting on her, both the environment, um, because she was seeing and observing her parents not being able to be fully functioning human beings and provide the care, the love that she needed. And so these parents were able to get the help that they needed. They got into the meds that they needed. They also got support from their church and counseling through us on parenting, on how to lovingly discipline her, how to engage with her child. And through that process, 
process, they were able to be able to to progress, and then they had jobs, they were employed, and they're now a happy family. Wow, oh, that's an amazing story. Yeah, it it kind of brings to light, I think, the importance of modeling it as well. You know, even recognizing a need, seeking help yourself as an adult. Um, when that is needed, when that is required, understanding, managing emotions. Um, yeah, speak to that. How, how important is it in terms of our kids' mental health that we manage our own mental health well? It is so important to be able to to manage our own mental health as parents because that's often what kids are seeing. They're observing, and like I said, mm. their brains are so receptive. They're really taking in everything. Mm. And so of, often we are modeling ment- what good mental health looks like for our kids. Yeah. So so often in terms of our reactions, our frustrations, how we manage our emotions even when we're upset or how we're disciplining them, all of that influences what they're seeing in terms of how then do they manage their emotions, sure. how do they express their frustrations, what do they say in that, and how do people react to them when they're frustrated, yeah. how do they deal with big feelings. Sure. So adults really have the responsibility to manage their own emotions and make sure that when they're disciplining, that they're never disciplining when they're angry. Yeah, so much of it is is caught rather than taught. Hey, I think that's... That that applies to so many aspects of parenting. Tell me what what does good mental health look like in a child? I think you know what are the what is a child who's really coping well in terms of their mental health look like? So children with good mental health, they feel loved, they feel safe, and they feel secure in their own environments. Mm. And we know that many children growing up in South Africa, security is a high risk concern. Sure. So children with good mental health also feel very happy happy and positive about themselves mm. most of the time. We all know there are bad days, there are sure. sad days, but generally there's a joyfulness that they have. They have a curiosity. They are kind to themselves on those tough times or those bad days. So when things don't go their way or the way they expect it to go, they they feel okay. Mm. They don't have such a big meltdown as those with poor mental health. So even when a challenge does come their way, they know they have a positive outlook on it. And they also uh, can have good social relationships with their family and with their friends they're able to enjoy life and learn well yeah yeah so that i mean that's really helpful to hear that i think hopefully it it could ring alarm bells for some parents if there really is a challenge if they're saying my kid doesn't tick any of those boxes Um, but as you also said it doesn't mean that your our kids are always going to just be happy and smiling and never have any uh, any issues and don't have a bad day and um, that's going to be part of life. They're going to, they are going to face these challenges, and it is going to be really up to the parents to identify. But we do want to highlight that there may be um, a mental health issue that's there, um, and so we, we were doing this program to to hopefully um, equip and empower parents to make those decisions and get the help that's needed if necessary. But what can we do um, as parents? Because I think a lot of the time, it's not necessarily that the child needs counselling. It's just work that we can do, even the modeling that we spoke about with ourselves, that they catch these things from us. Uh, But how do we create an environment for good mental health for our kids? So creating a good environment really involves those those three things. So love, lots of love. Yeah. So we know that um, children need lots of hugs and affection. Yeah. 
and they need security, then it's really important for them to feel secure in their home. They really need to feel psychologically safe. Mm. Um, so there's a difference between physically safe and psychologically safe. So children need to know that they can go to their caregivers at any point. They mm. need to feel supported. Mm. So kids need to know that they matter. So, for example, when we talk about parental engagement, um, parents can create an environment where there is parental engagement. Now, we know parents are really busy as well. <laughs> They're working. But, you know, for children, they just want to be heard and mm. seen. Mm. And so often you'll hear a child say, look at my look at my drawing or come see what I drew. Yeah. And it's just about, you know, while you're washing the dishes or, or while you're doing something, just to be able to, to acknowledge and say, oh, I see. Yeah. And you don't have to over-approve or say that's a perfect picture, <laughs> but it's just that acknowledgement of I see you. Yeah. And to that child, what they internalize is I matter. Yeah. I matter and I'm seen. Yeah, and it's a tough one to get that right because, as you said, we are busy. I mean, I know I fail in this often. I can think of my youngest daughter. Oh, can you come and kick the ball with me? Or can you come and do this? Or let me show you this. Or I want to tell you this story. And I might be half-heartedly listening to the story because I'm involved in something else or there's something else that needs to be done. Uh, and it is a bit of a balance. It doesn't mean that we every single time we can give our, our children all of the attention because we've we've got to still manage life but we can't swing the other way and that where the child is desperate for that connection for that validation and we're not giving it to them so i appreciate that it's just a good reminder to us all of how important that is absolutely and i think graham i think for for most of us it's easy to miss those moments because often yeah. it's those small moments that can make the big difference yeah. and so it's really those moments that we can seize and yeah. actually those moments where we can use even as a teachable moment yeah. because often we know that children act out when they don't get the attention that they need or yeah. when they're not seen or when they feel like i don't matter or i'm ignored yeah Anthea, this is so good. Um, there's, there's so much here, and we've only really scratched the surface. We want to talk a little bit more about emotions and how do we manage that. We want to um, talk about self-care, how we can model that um, with our kids. And so can I ask you, would you come back, and we'll cover some of those things next time and hopefully give parents uh, even more help and encouragement in, in ways they can create environments where their kids uh, will have healthy, positive self-image and mental health. Sure, Graham, I definitely will. Anthea has such insight, and it's important to hear some of the challenges around mental health in our context, but also how we as parents can actively engage and help build healthy, resilient kids. And the basics are simple. Our kids need love, security, and sustenance. If you're in a place as a parent where you feel like maybe you've missed it at some point, firstly, there are no perfect parents. We all make mistakes. But also know that we're here for you. And we're here for your family. If you feel like maybe your child is battling with mental health, we have wonderful Christian counselors who can help. Please get in touch with us and allow us to guide you on this journey. We also have a range of incredible resources we can direct you to. So get in touch. And you know, the only way we can keep helping families is with your prayers and financial support. Focus on the Family is your ministry, 
And your gift allows us to deliver biblically-based teaching through this broadcast and other programs and online resources, counseling, the books, and other tools, as well as the work we do with orphans and vulnerable children. When you give to Focus on the Family, you're giving the gift of family, which has an immediate and, I think, eternal impact. So would you consider giving a gift towards our Gift of Family campaign? You can do that when you click Donate on our website or give us a call on 031-716-3300. Thanks for listening in today. I'm Alison Schnell for Focus on the Family Africa, inviting you back tomorrow for the conclusion of our program with Anthea Nagur, when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.